Episode 23 of the Shark Bites Podcast, a Throwdown Thursday production. I am your host, Patrick Rayhold, and you can call me Patsy the Angry Nerd. And I want to talk to you a little bit about one of my favorite things in the world, independent film. And the reason I want to talk to you about it today is because I have a brand new appreciation for independent film. And the reason why I have a brand new appreciation for independent film is because I got the chance to start working on one. I have uh, joined Mike Neal and Joe Lemieux's production of their Mystery Project, which is uh, what we're going to kind of title this episode. That's why you're going to see some mysterious stuff uh, as far as uh, images associated with this episode. But yeah, uh, Mike is actually going to help me with a project I'm working on. And, you know, we kind of did a, a work for work quid pro quo type thing. Uh, Russia was not involved with this quid pro quo quid pro quo neither was uh ukraine had nothing to do with the bidens it had everything to do with uh some folks trying to make some independent film helping each other out doing lots of stuff so i have to say that i was very excited when uh mike took me on and was like yep i i would like you to help me out and here's what the project actually is so i know what the project is and i'm super pumped and uh, you know, getting to see uh, getting to see some of the behind the scenes stuff, how things are done, was very very interesting to me. So one of the first things I did, uh, you know, after uh, agreeing to you know work with Mike and Mike agreeing to take me on uh, as his Padawan learner, is uh, you know I went out to his place and we started you know gathering up equipment. You know, and I have a, I have a decent car with a decent amount of space in it. So I was able to load up a ton of gear. You know, I had a ladder. I had a bunch of, uh, you know, different camera stands and, and, you know, various types of equipment that I had no idea what they what they do, what they were for, and why we had them. But, you know, I, I learned about each thing as, as we went along. Uh, one of the first things we did was fill sandbags with sand. Super exciting. This is the type of stuff that, you know, when people talk about working on movies, that, that's what they dream about is filling these sandbags with sand. Because what could be more thrilling and more glamorous than sandbag filling? So we did that first, which, uh, yeah, it was all right. You know, and it's like, okay, what are we using the sandbags for? Well, the sandbags are for holding, you know, uh, lights in place. Because, you know, you're moving stuff back and forth. If there's an actor moving back and forth or if you're, you know, moving things in a certain way, you're trying to get a certain shot, you know, you put the sandbags down. So if you, you know, kind of bump the light a little bit, a, you don't knock it over, and B, you don't, you know, you know, screw it up completely. So you're not really moving it as much as you might had it not been uh, weighed down. So I thought that was interesting. I was like, okay. So we went there. We, we, we I went to Mike's house and loaded up all the equipment and the different stands that he was going to use for different things. Um, then we went out to the, the site where we were going to shoot. We shot in a barn on uh, somebody's property, and this was a pretty impressive piece of property. Like, we had to walk, I I, I don't want to say, like, mapped it out, but, like, I kind of counted steps, and then, you know, 
extrapolated how far my steps were and whatnot. And uh, yeah, it was about an eighth of a mile from where we parked to where we were shooting. So going back and forth was kind of uh, kind of difficult, only because it's like you don't think like a twenty pound sandbag is heavy until you are carrying four of them an eighth of a mile, and then you're like, oh. These are these weigh quite a bit and are quite uncomfortable. What I ended up doing, uh, which I thought was kind of smart because I was wearing one of my vests because I was heavily invested in uh, this project, was I clipped two of them together and and kind of draped them over my shoulders and and just walked down that way. Uh, in retrospect, that wasn't the best thing, but uh, it beat some of my other plans, which was like clipping them to my backpack or my belt. That would not have gone over very well so i didn't do that and uh it was at least much easier to do uh that way um in hindsight in retrospect i wish i had something with wheels that we could have put it in and and rolled it down that would be smart that might be something to do for the future um so we we brought that, all that stuff down and the first thing i got my first job other than carrying uh, equipment and stuff uh, my first job was um, sweeping leaves. I swept leaves out, uh, and I was just, I was, I was magical. I was fantastic. Uh, I think I, I might be nominated for an Oscar for it, uh, for leave sweeping. Um, if that's not a category, I'll be upset, but I'm pretty sure that if it was a category, uh, I would win. So I swept out all the leaves cause we were shooting in a, in a barn and, you know, occasionally, you know, it's not airtight. So, you know, stuff gets in. And then uh, I, oh, I steamed clean, steam cleaned the, uh, or got the wrinkles. I didn't clean it. It was just steamed it to get the wrinkles out of the uh, the backdrop we used. So that was exciting. Like I was already moving up, already moving up in the world that fast. Um, so I helped, I helped put a couple of uh, stands together. And then uh, I went and picked uh joe up from the train station that was uh that was exciting we grabbed dinner brought it back then uh then the real fun began because you know the actor was there and the sound guy was there uh the sound guy sean is sean mcpherson is amazing uh super knowledgeable like just really good at what he does um he taught me a lot of stuff like even so i was gonna work the clapper the, the little thing, you know, it's like scene one, take one, you know, mark, and you clap the little thing down. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, I got to use that. So, I mean, I was just moving up really quickly in the ranks. So that was really awesome. I got to do that because um, it's not it's not super easy. Uh, it's, I mean, if you're, if you're used to it, I guess it is. Like, there's probably people listening to it that like, that's easy. Like, you know, I hired my dog to do that. Uh, but... I had to learn how to do it because I'd never done it before. Anything that I was doing on this set, other than sweeping leaves, because I've swept leaves before, uh, everything else was all new. And I guess picking people up at a train station. I've done that before. But, you know, as far as, like, the the, uh, the nuts and bolts of it, the moving, you know, uh, moving the, the lights to be in a certain spot, like, you know, getting the, uh, making sure you don't make a single decibel of sound. Like, I was worried that... I didn't realize how sensitive the sound equipment was. Um, so, 
you know, I was worried because, you know, Mike said he didn't wear a watch because the sound equipment picks up the ticking of the watch, which is insane. Like, we had to uh, stop a couple times because, like, a plane was going overhead. It's like you had to really strain to hear it, but, like, a plane was going overhead, and, you know, like, that was going to get picked up. So we uh, we didn't do that. <clears throat> um, the The other stuff that I did... Um, yeah, we, we only, we ran a little while, but I got to see the actor and see how he interacted with like what we were doing for the, each scene. Um, I got to do a couple more things that I don't want to talk about because I don't want to give any inkling as to what we were doing because this is a mystery project. So I have to be mysterious. And then at the end of the night, uh, helped Sean carry up some of his equipment and, uh, went home like that was, that was about it. That was that was the first night, but I learned a lot. Like I learned a lot of the different technical things. Like I saw some of the equipment that folks were using. Um, you know, when Mike would do a shot and he was, you know, rewatching it, he'd be like, "Hey, come over, take a look at this. What do you think?" You know, not that he was like, you know, "Hey, give me input on how I should be doing things," but it was just like, "Hey, look, see the difference between watching it in real life and then what the camera picked up like how we were doing this shot like why we did things a certain way i thought that was kind of cool it was really it meant a lot to me that he was showing me um you know this you know this side of it because i mean who the hell am i i don't know how to do any of this stuff but he was he was teaching me a couple things here and there um the next thing the next day we went back um it wasn't quite as long a day because this day started at uh that was thursday went down there that started at about three o'clock yeah that uh three o'clock on thursday and went till about ten thirty or so and then the next day that friday we started about uh six thirty uh six uh yeah about six thirty ish and uh, we were very lucky because the uh, the lady who owned the property said, you know what, just drive your cars down in front of the barn. We were able to drive all the way down and back up in front of the barn, so we were able to load the equipment in, which was great because uh, carrying the stuff down to the barn where we were shooting was a lot easier because it was a gentle downhill slope. Uh, carrying stuff up a gentle slope while it doesn't seem like it's a lot more difficult, if you have to do it, it is. Um, I learned that when I was on crutches after I wrecked my ankle or my ACL. I don't know, one of the two. And I would have to go up a shallow incline. And it's like, wow, this is way more difficult than I thought it was going to be. So the shots we were doing on um, on Friday required a little bit different uh, of an approach. So one of the things I had to do was we had like a, a a little dolly with wheels on it, a makeshift thing, and we had our actor on it, and it was my job to move him around in different directions with other stuff going on. And I was a little intimidated because it's like, oh my God, like I have to do this, I can't screw it up. But at the same time, I was also, you know, kind of like, honored that they were trusting me with this type of shot it's like hey this is an important shot this is what we want you to do um you know and we're trusting you to do it so like that was kind of kind of awesome that you know 
out of anybody they could have had do it like I was the one doing it. Um, so that was kind of cool. Uh, it was a lot of work. You know, there was uh, there was another thing we did later in the night where we had put the camera on the dolly and, you know, we we're moving that back and forth. And at one point I was literally just crawling across this hard cement floor on my hands and knees trying to move this, this you know, this wheeled contraption, you know, at a steady pace. So it wasn't... Uh, it's not that it wasn't fun because I had a lot of fun doing it, but like it's definitely a lot of work and I can certainly see how, you know, some people can get burnt out making films or, you know, like they make a film and it's like, okay, I need to take some time off because this was really strenuous and really, really uh, taxing on, on me both emotionally and physically. Now there's still a lot that I need to learn. Like I need to learn how to, you know, edit and, you know, I was looking at, you know, the setup, you know, Mike was teaching me about the setup of the camera and like how it was saving to a, a, a portable hard drive. And there's all kinds of cool stuff that he was teaching me. So uh, I I enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun. Um, Ash and I are actually going to be going this Saturday, the 14th. We are going to be extras in the film. And we're filming at Hammond Castle, which is going to be fucking awesome. I have a super sweet outfit. Um I have a sword, but I had to order a new one because the one that I had is actually sharp, and um, I don't want to have any issues, so I ordered a non-sharpened Tai Chi sword, which actually kind of matches the outfit that I'm going to wear, which is pretty awesome. Ash is going to be dressing up as well, and I can't wait to see her outfit because it's going to be fucking amazing because, you know... It's Ash, and that's what she does. But, yeah, this has been a a week of some crazy upheavals. i got some crazy stuff going on. Uh, We went to the Cape this past weekend for my uh, godmother's 70th birthday. She turns, uh, actually, the day after this drops, March 11th, she turns 70 years old. And so we we drove down to the Cape Saturday afternoon. Uh, We stayed overnight. Did the uh, live podcast with the Dorkening starting off the Dorkvania event. We released the first part of the phrase. So there's a, 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 a phrase that's broken down into seven parts that you have to listen to the Dorkvania uh, event, all the different shows. And I'll play the, the, uh, the promo on here. One thing, it turns out that the Wednesday... Uh, March 11th episode of... Actually, no, the Dorkening will be live. Never mind. I don't have to change that because we were going to record it... Uh, actually, when I'm recording this now, we were going to be recording that. But it turns out that some things changed due to coronavirus. If you're unfamiliar with coronavirus or you know the symptoms or how to prevent it, check out last week's episode because I covered that uh, basically reading out of the uh, off the CDC website. But uh, So we're going to be doing this live. Um, so I'll play that uh, that ad so you can hear all the different shows, when things are going to drop. And um, I think that's about it for for that. But um, this week uh, for our show, we're going to be covering the Belmonts, you know, the Trevor and, and uh, who the hell's the other one? Simon and mittens all the different belmonts and we're going to have uh, our good buddy james lamont jimmy lambs he's going to be on with us so what i'm going to do is 
I'm gonna take a quick break, play some play some ads, pay some bills. Actually, I don't. Yeah, pay some bills because we got the the Deadly Grounds and Deadly Grounds does sponsor the Dorkening Network because they are awesome and their coffee is fucking amazing. So we're gonna take a quick break, and when I come back, I'll wrap up and give you a preview of what's gonna be going on next week. And uh, yeah, so stay tuned. I'll be right back. Deadly Grounds Coffee knows how important your coffee is to you. Every batch is roasted to perfection with a unique special method that brings out the richest, deepest, smoothest flavor you'll ever find. We're coffee freaks too, and deadly serious about our brew. Just one sip and you'll know why we say, once you go deadly, you don't go back. It's truly coffee to die for. So when you're ready to get a little deadly, Get online and order yours at GetDeadly.com. It's coffee so good, it's scary. Greetings, children of the night. You are hereby invited to attend the Dorkening Network's 8-part crossover event, Dorkvania. It all starts with the Dorkening on Sunday, March 8th with a live show kicking off this ambitious endeavor, then continues on March 11th when the dorks will again be live to discuss the Castlevania Anniversary Video Game Collection. Then, on March 12th, Throwdown Thursday will be giving all the grave details about the Belmont family, along with a special guest, followed by Super Retro Throwback Reviews covering games 1 through 4 on the original Nintendo. On March 15th, on March 17th, tune in to Retro Redoctopus for their episode breaking down the music of Castlevania. Then catch the Amalga cast on March 20th to get caught up on the Netflix anime. Followed by Boobs, Blood, and Bad Asses covering the bloody history of the Castlevania franchise on March 22nd. Each episode will be dropping a part of a secret phrase that you must piece together in order to win some fabulous Castlevania prizes. And the series wraps up on March 25th with another live Dorkening podcast. Make sure to follow along on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to find out how to win. We promise this event won't suck. We know what's at stake. Wait, who wrote this? I'm better with Patsy. Play! Dorkvania, this month on the Dorkening Network. If you miss it, you must be bad. Oh, come on! And I am back. So, yeah, that ad, uh, that's basically what you need to do in order to find out what the phrase is. And once you know what the phrase is, message Leo Pond on Facebook uh, so you can uh, give him the phrase and he can put you into a drawing. And we will draw that live on the 25th of March. So that's going to be an awesome night. That's going to be super fun. That's going to be a really good time. I'm going to enjoy it. And, um, yeah, so there were a lot of prizes. Um, I'll post what the prizes are in both this group and in in the Throwdown Thursday group because we want to get as much traction on this as possible. So I know this is a shorter-than-usual episode, but uh, 
if I could have gone into more detail on the on what the secret mystery project is, I would have, but unfortunately, uh, I'm trying to be as vague as possible on that. But uh, if you're listening to this and you have some sort of like Renaissance or medieval cosplay gear, and you are interested in being an extra in that uh, super awesome mystery project that I've been uh, talking about this whole episode on the 14th of this month. So March 14th, 9 a.m., Gloucester, Massachusetts. That's the call time. So if you can get there uh, and bring your gear, you will be an extra in this film. Uh, Ashley and I will be doing uh, crowd control. So get down there, do what you can, and uh, you know if you want to be an extra, be an extra. It'll be awesome. We could use more and more people. So the more we get, uh, the happier we will be. So... Do uh, do what you can, and if you can get down there, get down there. If you can't, you can't. I get it. I understand. But uh, you know, hopefully you can. Hopefully we get a lot of people. We get a good turnout so we can get a nice crowd of people. Like, And this will give you a chance to dress up, look awesome. You know, if you have Game of Thrones cosplay. Uh, I mean, besides, you get to film in a friggin' castle. Like, how cool is this? Like, it's, it's going to be a good time. Um. As far as what we're doing next week on this show, uh, we're going to be, again, covering a little bit more of the Castlevania stuff. I'm going to be talking about that. Um, Not in any official capacity to Dorkvania. It's just going to be I'm going to talk about some Castlevania stuff because uh, Ash and I have been flying through the the Netflix series, and we like it a whole lot. And so I'm going to be talking a little bit about that. Uh, just seasons one and two. I'm not going to be talking about season three because I don't want to spoil it for anyone who hasn't gotten the chance to watch it yet. But uh, I will give some impressions about that and what I think of it, uh, especially some of the voice talent and the acting that goes along with it. So I think with that being said, it is time for my fun shark fact. And this week's fun shark fact actually comes from the fact that we were at Cape Cod this weekend. And on Sunday, we went down to the beach and... They have uh, signs up, you know, obviously, you know, they have the peak activity based on tagging data. So May, June, July, and then it ramps up August, September, October are the heaviest months for Great Whites on the Cape. Then November and December, it kind of dies down. But November and December are still more active than, uh, than May, which I find odd. But it does have the disclaimer that sharks may remain year-round. The shark they have on the picture, the big great white, uh, looks sad. Like He's like, hey, why are you making it seem like I'm a big jerk? But it does say, know your risk when entering the water. Download the Sharktivity app to receive alerts and report sightings. For more info and to view the latest research, visit www.AtlanticWhiteShark.org. That's just a good thing to have anyways because it gives you like all the updates, you know, if there's a shark scene like off the off the uh beach like close to where people are swimming, they will close the beaches for an hour and they will give you those updates so if you're planning a vacation, you can kind of figure out, you know, how how active the tagged sharks are, you know, whether it's you, know, you can break it down by day, week, month. So it's pretty pretty interesting. Um and there's a bunch of different signs up there. There's a one that says, you could save a life. Most white shark bite victims survive because of first aid initiated from bystanders. White shark bites generally result in massive hemorrhaging, which requires immediate first aid in order to stop the blood loss. For first aid training opportunities and more, 
more information, visit I'm trying to see AtlanticWhiteShark.org backslash public safety. And there's uh, on this sign, there's also a, uh, a QR code that you can scan, which obviously I can't give you over the phone. But there's also a first aid kit. There is a severe bleeding first aid kit, which is new because I've seen these signs before. I've posted these signs that we've seen at other beaches, but we hadn't gone to this was at Nosset Beach. Uh, so they have the severe bleeding first aid kit uh, on the beach, but it's not on the beach side. It's on the the parking lot side, which I thought was odd. Um, this should be not only in front, but there should be another one at the because um, this is right at the uh, I don't want to call it a stairway because it's not a stairway. It's kind of like a railing in the sand. So you can, you know, because the sand is pretty thick, so it's hard to get up and down this area. So you got to hold on to the railing. Um it should be at the bottom of the railing on the beach side as well as the parking lot side, I think. But uh, maybe they'll do that eventually. So I think with that being said, I'm going to go ahead and bring this episode to a close. And uh, if you have any comments, suggestions, uh, recommendations, you know, ideas for show topics, please uh, hit me up at sharkbitespod at gmail.com. And just remember that I may be the podcaster, but as the listener, you are my chum. Have a great week, folks.